Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking. You got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Glad you're here, and we are glad that you're telling others about Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics because, as gets the word out, election 2024 is on its way. And I've got some uh, political information to talk about today. I went to Washington, D.C. to the Pray vote stand summit and they say do it in that order pray then vote and then stand no matter how the election turns out but that it used to be what's called a value voter summit but some of the christian organizations like american family association action the family research council action and several other organizations come together to help put this uh, event on in washington dc and every uh presidential election year usually they get uh, candidates in when there's not a sitting president a republican and someone who will uh, stand with the values that the, they promote like life liberty and pursuit of happiness the constitution basically so I, I went there so i'm going to tell you about that on this week's show and and then also uh we're going to talk a bit a little bit about last week's show but i got to tell you uh, you next week let me go and tell you we got michael let's back on now some of you may have heard him before and he's a big stickler on uh what the constitution says and what the law means and indictments and all these things so he's going to get us up to speed on what the hunter biden indictment means and how it could unravel some things so uh, don't miss next week's show with Michael Letts. It'll be coming up next week. Now, let me go back first and tell you about RFK Jr. We we talked a lot about him in the show, uh, last week's show. So if you didn't get to listen to it, go back and listen to that. He is really upset with the Democratic Party, the Democratic National Committee, and he should be, rightly so. Go listen to that show, and we explain his open letter. I actually read it, and what I, when I went to this uh, Pray, Vote, Stand Summit, it was at the Omni Shoreham Hotel there in Washington, D.C., but just so happened that's the same place the Democratic National Committee Rules Committee was meeting and rfk jr went there with his team to speak to them now it wasn't at the same time as a couple of days before but one of his team members rfk jr's team members i got to meet he had a big uh, van uh but not a van a van a, a mobile uh, uh a big mobile home on wheels basically with kennedy 2024 and his wife and he has four kids and another one on the way so he's a prolific rfk jr 
supporter and part of the campaign team. And so um, I hope I can get him on uh, sometime and speak to us about RFK Jr. But basically, there's a big team behind Bobby Kennedy Jr. And he has a lot of, uh, I've heard some people say, well, he's almost like Trump. And uh, at one point, people said Trump needs to get him for VP. Well, he's a Democrat. And RFK Jr. is proud to be a Democrat. But he's upset the way the Democratic Party's going and that's why anybody that says anything about RFK Jr. and give him any kind of uh, backing, the, the National Democrats come down on top of them. And, and I've explained to you how they don't want to do anything. And it's like, I, I think we had a show, we talked about that show, go back and listen to it. It's like for RFK Jr. to win, he has to get like 80% of the vote. He can lose if, and 79% of the vote, Joe Biden wins with 21%. Isn't that not a Democratic Party on steroids? It's not. That's exactly that what they want for every national election. Not primary. They want it that way. Rush Limbaugh warned us. They don't want elections. They want to appoint people and have a sham election. And that's what we're seeing. That's what the Democratic Party is doing with the Democratic National Committee with RFK Jr. running there. Again, is he on MSNBC? Is he on CBS, ABC, NBC? Very rarely, if any, because the same way they control social media, the FBI was controlling social media. We know that by the Twitter files. Well, the same elite people who believe they know what's good for Americans better than Americans know when they want to lock in elections. And they're doing it with the Democratic National Committee and the way they're running the Democratic uh, election process. It's not democracy. You'll listen to RFK Jr. The one thing I didn't realize, I think I mentioned it last week's show, but from the campaign team of RFK Jr. speaking to uh, some of them. I I believe that they are a lot of people on that campaign that says let's raise money and the Democrats if they treat us like dirt like they do, if they continue to do that, Bobby Kennedy may go third party. Wow! Huh? <laughs> Would that not make 2024 interesting if Biden and Trump do a rematch and RFK Jr. comes in. Wow. Now that would get interesting. And and the Green Party, uh, they've already got a candidate that's uh, now they won't be able to get on the ballot anywhere. I asked that question to the some of the Bobby Kennedy team members and how, how can Kennedy get on the ballot? Is it too late? It's not because he's got 200,000 volunteers across the nation, folks. 200,000. So the Kennedy machine may crank up and run third party. Now that, then you would see all the people running this country go into the Kennedy family and everybody going, you got to pull RFK Jr. out of here. Uh, <laughs> it could get very interesting. I'll just say that. And I'm trying to keep you up to speed with uh, politics. Now, let, let me talk a little bit about the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit. Um, always conservatives. And you got rhinos, you got people who are in D.C. coming in because they're right there. 
you got all kind of Republicans, and I've said it before. Some, when you say rhino, it makes some people want to go throw up. But would you rather have a rhino or a, a same old Democrat dinosaur? Well, you look at uh, Senator Fetterman of Pennsylvania. You know, he's changed the dress code. Wow, uh, couldn't be changed for a uh, hundred years or more. But uh, when you got somebody who wants to come in and do a hoodie and and well, that's that's Senator Fetterman of Pennsylvania. I know everybody in Pennsylvania is proud of the man they sent there, right? <laughs> Did they really send him? But uh, but life goes on. So that's uh, now there's no dress code in the United States Senate. How about that? So I'll say a new dress code, okay? Uh, maybe I think one of the lady senators said she may come with a bikini. How about that? Now, that can get some real legislation going on, won't we? That's what Chuck Schumer has started. Chuck Schumer's the one that dropped the dress code so that Federman could wear his hoodie and shorts. Wow, that really makes America great again, doesn't it? <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, at this summit, we heard from uh, some presidential candidates from the Republican Party, and I'll play a little clip of some of those. Uh, uh, they had Ron DeSantis and uh, Vivek Ram Ram Ramasamy. Okay, get that name out. I'll work on that some. But then well, Ramasamy and DeSantis were there, but who sucked up all the oxygen when he came in? Well, Donald J. Trump. He was subdued, but he's, I think he was supposed to talk maybe like the others, 20, 30 minutes. But who's going to tell President Trump it's time to get off the stage? Well, nobody. So he went on about an hour. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what the audience size was. It's uh, around 1,000 maybe. But, uh, but, you know, everybody had pretty close seats, intimate type setting with uh, President Trump, and it was a good evening. So I'll play a clip of some of that in, in a second half of the show. But let me just tell you some things that uh, one of the political consultants, very smart, said he did all, does autopsies after elections. See what happens. He did one after the 20 two midterm elections why didn't the republicans have a big red wave but he he gave some very solid answers and you know you look back like I said you look back and say oh wow why didn't the republicans do that and in many cases they should have now we're looking back but he said just like on the abortion issue well of course the supreme court had uh, what what the conservatives and pro-life people been wanting for f over 50 years is return it back to the states. But some people jumped on the bandwagons, you know, and, and said we need to uh, just push, a, you know, outlawing abortion everywhere. And we don't want abortion. We, we want children to live. But what happened is the pro-lifers and uh, the Republicans thought, well, let's just don't bring the issue up because we'll, you know, there's so many people who are upset about the Supreme Court. Just don't bring it up. Ignore it. But the Democrats were using that, saying the Republicans are extremists. They use that word extremist, extremist, extremist over and over. And they played it ad after ad, and there was no response from the Republican Party. They thought, let's just be quiet. Let's be silent. We got what... You know a big win so let's don't push that issue but they should have come back because they are now in a democrat 
an independence mind, the Republicans got called the extreme party because they didn't fight back on that uh, on, on what the Democrats painted them as as extremist. And there was another part where, again, a lot of you, you listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. There's people who want to keep up with politics, knows what's going on. But what happened? And again, this is the this is one reason Democrats win. And Republicans lose. They have this chess game, looking at things and legislation. The only reason they put, they got the Green New Deal by changing its name to the um, Inflation Reduction Act. They, they got the Green New Deal, a lot of what they wanted, and they called it the Inflation Reduction Act. And everyone said, including me on this show, Republicans and uh, conservatives were saying it has nothing to do with reducing inflation. And it doesn't. It made it worse, spending more money in a lot of cases. But guess what? On the TV, on the ads, on all the commercials during a, a midterm election, the Democrats were, would come out and say, I voted for the Inflation Reduction Act. And if Americans were not informed, they thought, well, thank goodness they're doing something for, you know, to get this inflation down. They voted for the Inflation Reduction Act. And we know it had nothing to do with reducing inflation. Democrats know it, too. But they used it as a crowbar to pry voters loose from the reality. And they won in many cases. Again, the Republicans did not fire back with uh, telling people what it was and how it was wrong. And they really missed the big opportunity. There were several things that really played into that and uh, talking about elections. And... And we need to, and I'm glad this uh, group to did an autopsy and looked at it and see, because you got to remember the Democrats will do anything to stay in power. We saw what happened in this last four years, and all they do to stay in power, and they don't care how they have to get the job done. And they, they, but they're planning ahead. Like when they named that Green New Deal, the uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, it was nothing more than a political ploy, ploy for midterm elections. Same way with the January 6th committee. You know, it was nothing but using taxpayers' money to drive a wedge to make the voters again think the Republicans were extremists, and if they ran the J6 uh, riots at the Capitol. And, you know, again, Republicans are going to have to start thinking and be able to counteract those things with some smart people. Evidently, we just don't have the smart uh, political consultants or somewhere. So <laughs> pray for them. And, and please don't waste money on things that don't work. And we, we, we need to shore that up because that's, we've lost the, a good chance for a red wave in 2022. And we should have known they were going to throw everything they could. And, and, you know, they don't care about the truth. The truth goes out the door. So we won't rage on that anymore. But that, it was a very good summit, very good conference. You get the chance to go to it. It's the first one they've had really there in D.C. since COVID. And I hope they'll continue to do that. And if you get an opportunity, just put that on your um, plan of activities to do in 2024 again next year be election year uh, it'll be in uh, september or october leading up 
to the election, so it should be a good uh, good summit next year also. Now, uh, I do want to play some clips from that, but first, let's, uh, let me remind you, listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday, and we are talking about what was happening at the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit in Washington, D.C. just a week or so ago. And I want to remind you that I've got a book out. You can go to www.hatchybooks.com. It's a novel. It's not about politics. It's a novel that helps you get away and get away from the real world, go to the reality uh another dimension or however you want to do it just have some entertainment reading a fun book and it's got some action adventure twist of mystery and the uh, follow-up book which is it is a series it is called hatchy keeper of the secret and you can go there to the website or if you've got an amazon account amazon discount amazon kindle and you want to I told you we still got the special going on, 99 cents for the ebook. Or you can get the paperback book from Amazon or check it other places, Barnes and Noble, other things. Just type in Hatchy Keeper of the Secret. And that novel, they'll get it shipped to you if you want to order it. And we appreciate everybody who has ordered it and done a review on it and on Amazon and other places. Just, uh, uh, keep it up. We appreciate you. I guarantee you that. And the second book is on its way, being printed even now. And so hopefully it'll be out ready for the time of November. And I, as you're listening to the show, I am working on starting a third book so we can get it ready to go soon. Listen, I appreciate all the responses and help and appreciate my listeners reading my book and purchasing the book and I just say I hope to make this series something that everyone out there can enjoy and and just uh, uh, they're working hard to make that happen. All right. God bless you. And now here, let me play this clip of uh, uh, we got uh, first Ron DeSantis, then there'll be uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, and then President Donald J. Trump. Take a listen and enjoy uh, some just small clips of what happened at the pray, uh, prayer, pray, vote, stand summit. Every town now has become a border town. We see American cities that are falling apart because of high crime. We see weaponized government going after parents who are taking, uh, going to a school board meeting or faith leaders who are engaging in pro-life activism. We see the signs of decline Uh, throughout communities, throughout institutions, uh, and throughout the federal government. But we also have a deeper issue than just the political issues that we face uh, as Americans, uh, because we do have a spiritual decline in this country. We just came off a few years ago where there were government elected officials forcibly closing churches and denying people their right to worship as they see fit. Meanwhile, the liquor stores were open, the strip clubs were open, but yet they slammed the door shut on people of faith. Not in the state of Florida we didn't do that. We protected your right. Right, on one hand, we see the rise of these different secular religions. We're here to talk about true faith, but 
I'm going to go somewhere else first. We see the rise of these secular religions, what I'll call cults in the United States. The first of them is a cult of racial wokeism. I wrote a book about this a few years ago. A new cult that says your identity is based on your skin color. That if you're black, you're inherently disadvantaged. That if you're white, you're inherently privileged. No matter your economic background or your upbringing, your race determines who you are and what you can achieve in life. Now, this is a little bit odd because that runs counter to what Martin Luther King told us in the Civil Rights Movement, that we wanted to be judged not on the color of our skin, but on the content of our character. You can't believe both of those two things at once, and so it's a little bit of a contradiction, but you can believe them if you're subscribing to a religious cult. So right around the same time we see the rise of this cult of racial wokeism, we see the rise of a different belief system. This one's the cult of gender ideology in the United States. This one has so many <laughs> letters, LGBTQIA, they just put a little plus at the end just to include the rest of the alphabet. This one has some interesting, and we're not going to be angry about it, because sometimes our anger clouds our judgment. If we want to get to the bottom of what's going on, we have to see it with clarity. This one says the sex of the person you're attracted to is hardwired on the day you're born because it had to be in order for gay rights to be civil rights. But now also says that your own biological sex is totally fluid over the course of your life. Again, you can't believe these two things at once, and then you go even one step further. There is no gay gene, but there are two sex chromosomes. Two X, you're a woman. X and a Y, you're a man. Right? So you can't believe these two things at the same time if you're applying principles of reason or logic. But you can if you're subscribing to a secular cult. So you've got racial wokeism, you've got gender ideology. Then at the same time, you see now the rise of this third cult in the United States, the cult of the climate, that says we have to abandon carbon emissions at all costs in the United States, even as we're perfectly fine shifting those same carbon emissions to places like China when they tell us it was supposedly about global warming. And then you see the same people who are opposed to carbon emissions in the United States are also the ones who are most opposed to nuclear energy, the greatest form of carbon-free energy production known to mankind. These are contradictions. So I could go on all night. <laughs> we could go one secular cult after another. But that's not my point. My point in raising this is to ask a deeper question. What the heck is going on in our country that we see the rise of these very different secular cults at the same time? As you know, crooked Joe Biden and the radical left thugs who have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent, leading by a lot, including Obama. I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. We beat Hillary Clinton. Now, you know, I used to, I used to call her Crooked Hillary. I'd say Crooked Hillary, but I took that name away from her. That was a great day. About two months ago, I said, you know what? Because I don't like using names on 
people doubles. I think we have a lot of words out there. So I took, now I call her beautiful Hillary. She's a beautiful woman. And rather than Sleepy Joe, we call him Crooked Joe because it's a very appropriate name. So that was a good day for Hillary. I think she was very happy with it. But what they're doing is high-level election interference. That's what it is. They're interfering with our elections, just like they stuff ballot boxes, just like they do so many other things, like the 51 people that said it was Russia disinformation. These people were very dishonest when they did that and when they said that, or just like Twitter with FBI, they call it Twitter files and so many other things. And it's happening for a single reason, because I'm the only candidate that they do not want to run against, and the polls bear this out. All these polls that are coming out today, we're beating Biden by a lot. We're beating... We're beating the sanctimonious by a lot. Just last night, Fox has us up. I say us because me is us, as far as I'm concerned. Really true. But Fox has us up by almost 50 points on DeSanctimonious, and we're beating Biden by a lot. Ron DeSanctimonious, I endorsed him. He only won because I endorsed him. And then he says, well, I have no comment as to whether or not I'm running. I said, did he say that? That means he's running. Let's go. Let's go get him. And he's uh, fallen like a very badly injured bird from the sky. <laughs> he's really been hit hard. Harvard-Harris just came out, and they have uh, very similar results. We're leading by 57 points, 55 points, 50 points. We're leading in some by 65 points. Leading by 65 points. Nobody's seen anything like it. And a lot of it, you know, I read where people love my policy, but they don't like me. I think they like me. What's not to like? They like me. All right. How about you? Do you think? Do you think they like Donald J. Trump? He said, "I think they like me." <laughs> I, I think CNN and other places love him when it comes to ratings, and the and then they need him. They they've missing him when it comes to ratings. Their their ratings are horrible. Uh, CNN and a lot of other places. But what Donald Trump said in that little clip talking about. And he said it before, you know, in, in so many words, he say, you know, they're coming after me because I'm standing between them and you. They fundamentally want to change America, take away liberties, take away freedoms, take away what we enjoy in the American dream. They want to deflate the American dream by inflating energy prices across the board. They don't want us to live an American dream. The elitists, just like in communist China or communist Russia and the old Soviet Union, the elite want to rule. They want the power. They want to tell the masses what to do because they are so prideful, so narrow-minded. They think they are the saviors of the world. It's not the first civilization this has happened in. It won't be the last, but it's up to the people. We have a vote. We have a system of government. We have a United States Constitution. And we better get working at it. You better tell people to pull their head up out of the sand and see what's going on and vote. And just like it said, pray, vote, stand in the summit. We got to do that.
we got to be strong we got to work together and we got to hold our noses on some things but we got to work together folks we are not going to win all divided we're going to win if somebody uh, gets their little uh, feelings upset and takes their marbles and goes home and says i'm just never going to vote again nope 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 we got to stick with it and figure things out and never give up. Who said that? Hey, I think that's Winston Churchill. See you next week. And we got Michael Letts coming on to talk to us what he thinks is going to happen after the Hunter Biden indictment. See you next week. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.